Hey friends, thanks so much for tuning into the Inner Revolution podcast. Are you ready to be changed? Well, let's go. Hey everyone, good afternoon. Good to be with you on another episode of the Inner Revolution. Uh, right at the onset here, uh, I want to talk about something that I don't know, maybe may uh, offend the listener in one regard. And I just pray that you'd take this in an objective way. Um, but this is actually something I've been thinking about for a while. And with Good Friday being here today and just thinking about the amazing sacrifice of our Savior, uh, it just really quickens me to mm -hmm. think that what God has done, he does perfectly. And even in his suffering and the seven sayings of the cross, he was reaching out and loving people, sharing himself, not even caring about himself, knowing that his mission was redemption, reconciliation, and uh, really finishing the work of his father. But I want us to think about today that God literally broke every chain. Uh, he did everything so that we would not live in bondage. And this word bondage has been in my mind because, uh, you know, that can happen involuntarily and voluntarily. Um, involuntarily means maybe there's someone doing something and in ignorance, they only think about what they want and they don't think about the price that's being paid to get what they want. And this is the problem with sin is it's enjoyable for a season but it's at a high price. It kills, robs, and destroys the capacity. It steals our joy, steals our strength. It robs from our future. It does so many negative things, but our flesh is only interested in the temporary stimuli. And we enter into bondage. And then there's, then there's voluntary bondage where we could know everything and be very aware of what we're doing, but we just choose uh, what we want over God or over the tremendous price. And both aspects um, really hurt us, not only in the now, but long term. And I bring this up today because I'm really just looking at the world with you and just prayerful and just knowing that as we near the rapture, uh, we're going to see uh, a lot of things transpire right out of the book of Revelations from a globalism. We're going to see federations coming together. Uh, we're going to see unsolvable problems. We're going to see uncontrolled violence. We're going to see economic failure. Uh, and this is when the Antichrist comes on the scene and is the answer to these worldwide problems. But we also see, too, the great delusion. We also see the weakness of the church or the or the, the dilution of the church, the fragmentation of the church. And we see Christians um, really getting entangled with the affairs of this life. So I want to just talk for a few minutes about bondage. And maybe there's something in your life that you cannot control or that you are led to the slaughter 
because maybe there's something in your life that you want more than God. And, and we can all say we have those areas, but it's really important to understand. I mean, Israel went through 70 years of bondage because they wanted their idols and God pursued Israel so many times and wept over Jerusalem warning and their ears shut off their eyes were just glazed over and they just wanted what they wanted and they didn't they forgot god and god says okay i must bring you through a great tribulation of the soul and lead you into bondage and uh, to turn your hearts away uh, from your sin unto unto christ and when we look at our world I, i just think of what's going on in shanghai just the uh, starvation of millions of people because of the COVID quarantine. I think of what's going on in the Ukraine, the genocide that's going on in the Ukraine. I think of the stupidity going on in our own country where people are living with just this idea that, oh, everything's going to be okay. I'm just going to continue speeding down the highway towards the bridge that's totally out. And people are just going off the uh, going off the cliff. So as Christians, we have a a real a real important responsibility to not be silent in regards to the gospel in these days, and to not be so tolerant, um, but to be communicators in love and communicators of life. You know, we think about Good Friday today and thinking about the atrocity that happened to Christ as he was wrongly accused and then illegally accused. I think it was over 20 laws that were broken. And then just the incredible suffering that he endured because of love, the emotional suffering, the psychological suffering, the wrath of God was upon him, uh, the physical suffering, so that we would have a provision uh, when we go through our, our stuff but think of this word bondage. I mean, I, the COVID situation, uh, I just, every time, even today I was driving in and I just saw somebody in their car with a mask on, uh, just in their car alone. And I just think, you know, I feel bad for that person for whatever reason. We could debate that, but that's not my point. But people are being conditioned for bondage. They are being conditioned for control. They're being conditioned to surrender their liberties for their securities. You know, I read something interesting about propaganda and it makes a lot of sense. You know, we look at propaganda, the the informational wars that we're in right now, and we're asking ourselves who's right and there's fact checking and there's canceling out of extremists based on the secular definition. But I read this, like propaganda is not to turn an opinion one way or to another. It is, its aim ultimately is that we question everything and trust nothing. Now, that's an interesting point because we might say, you know, of course, information is meant to educate and to have us have a preference or uh, an idea of what's going on in a certain narrative. But I like this, uh, this additional point 
that's not its only aim to subvert or twist people into a certain or to manipulate people into a certain direction, but it's to have us question everything and trust nothing. And I, I think that's what's happening in a lot of ways in our Christianity when we talk to people. Uh, let's say you talk to somebody and they say, oh, I don't believe that anymore. And immediately they bring up how they were hurt or really, I should say, offended by the church. And I did a class earlier on the difference between being offended and hurt. And I think it's really, I think a lot of people are misled thinking that they were hurt, but actually, you know, hurt is something done unto you, but offense is something you do to yourself, the way we interpret something. I believe a lot of people are offended and pouting and sulking rather than uh, going to the Bible and making their their relationship right with God. And now, granted, if someone's hurt, there's compassion and care, and um, but hurt means something was done unjustly to you, and uh, and and that should not happen. But our our perception of truth and our expectation or preference that's not met, and somehow we go on this justice. Um, tangent, then really we have to ask ourselves, am I offended? Have I been offended by the church? In 119.165, great peace of they that love the law of God, and you're not offended. So that's another another topic, and you can look earlier in my episodes, but bondage, bondage. And when I look at people with masks, I just think they're being conditioned for bondage. I mean, uh, just seeing what's happening in Shanghai, and we just we just came through a pandemic, and it and I just sense that there'll be something maybe in the future, and how much we trusted our government, and how much we swallowed the the lie of the deaths and and the control and the quarantine. Now, granted, there are there were deaths, and uh, I believe the numbers were absolutely uh, exaggerated. And um, I mean, I had COVID myself, and and, uh, you know, and I'm one of those compromised immune systems with diabetes and I, you know, I had a difficult day, so I'm not minimizing those that have died, but I, you know, as one secularist would say, no one should waste a good emergency. So we just see our, our nation just more and more trusting in a secular government rather than trusting, getting on our knees and humbling ourselves before God. So to question everything. So how does bondage happen? Well, in Jonah 4.11, you look at 120,000 people in Nineveh, and the statement was this, that they did not know their right hand from the left. I think about that, 120,000 people in a stupor. They were delusional. They were hedonists. They were... Uh, secularists, they were liberalists, they were just uh, dumbed down so that they uh, oftentimes wouldn't think for themselves, but they trusted people to tell them how to think. And I think this is where bondage happens. We are divided, divided and told how to think. And because we want our uh, our liberties, uh, we, I'm sorry, we want our securities, excuse me, we want our securities and our comfortable life at the expense of our liberties. Now, I'm reading with my son through the Civil War and the Revolutionary War, and it's amazing the men and women that stood up 
at great risk to hold fast to liberty. Give me liberty or give me death, Patrick Henry said. I mean, we could quote many. What was their drive? Well, they were united in 8611 of Psalms to fear the Lord. They were fearing the Lord and therefore they had wisdom. But today we're fearing the common cold or we're fearing the loss of something. We're fearing the potential loss of something. I mean, it's crazy. I'm just, it's crazy that we have bowed our knee to something that God says you have victory over. And as Christians, we got to wise up and say, no, I'm not going to act like the world. I'm not going to, I'm going to honor God and not honor stupid, stupid um, narratives that are against God. Many Christians and this is not an indictment against them, but their ta- their faith has been tested and it's weak, if at all existent. And I'm challenging you today, know what you believe and stand in what you believe. Otherwise, you will be led into bondage. I will be led into bondage. Well, the second point after division is isolation. We're isolated. Oh, I can't go to church because I might get sick. You know what? If you think like that, if I think like that, then I'm an easy prey and I have swallowed a lie. This is a day to be connected to the to the body of Christ. Yes, connected to your Bible. Yes, connected in prayer. But we need a church. We'll never reach our potential without being in the church. And that means a body of believers that are centered around the Word of God. It doesn't necessarily mean a building but it does mean that I'm accountable to somebody. I'm not my own priest, as someone said to me this week. Um, you know, we need accountability. We need discipleship because we ourselves, if left to, if left to ourselves, we will uh, wander into sin. Well, division, isolation, and then suspicion. All of a sudden, every news, every every statement. We, we take it and we become more paranoid and suspicious. And then all of a sudden we withdraw and retreat. And then ultimately we, um, we just literally become ineffective and we, um, we, <laughs> we, we let our enemies uh, dictate to us what, uh, what we can do and what we can't do. So with socialism and communism, totalitarianism. These are things that we're seeing. Do you see that? Do you see what's happening in your world? Or are we just working our jobs and just trying to put our head down and like like the ostrich put the head in the sand and say, oh, that's not going to happen to me or that's somebody else's problem? Well, I'll never forget a statement uh, that was said in the Revolutionary War that you know, these battles that were fought were not fought far away from home, but in our own homes, in our own uh, towns. And I, I sense that as hate speech grows, the well, at least the law of hate speech and censorship, uh, this is going to become right close to us and, and we will be challenged uh, to have a, a social media uh, grade as they do in China that will affect your, your, your job and your promotion status. I mean, this stuff is in the world and will come to us as we continue to 
exit God from any type of government. The abortion, uh, genocide, the, the, the murder of these precious innocent kids will not go unanswered. The Lord uh, will judge us for that. And therefore, we should have nothing to do with promoting uh, the choice in this sense. We should be pro-life as God values life. And the feminists, the liberalists, the, the, uh, the secularists will make it all about choice. And, and, uh, and a guaranteed free will is a beautiful thing, but it must be governed by God. And it must be governed by the truth of God. Otherwise, we will choose the wrong thing based on our emotional preference at the moment. So pro-life is uh, God's mind. So think about this in Proverbs 14, 34, a good verse here I'd like to read. Uh, it says, okay, righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is the reproach to any people. So what does that mean? I mean, we are sliding as a nation. Does that mean we give up and just say, oh, it's no use. It's not going to change. No, we stand up and we raise our families in righteousness. We do not have a theology of apology. We don't apologize. Think of people that um, have American flags outside their house and different neighbors object to that. Forget it. Object all you want. I'm not taking down my flag. It's the same thing with our faith. You can cry baby all you want. Uh, we're going to have a message of truth and love and grace, but I'm not going to back down be, or you're not going to back down and, and enter into bondage. No one's going to tie my hands or Samson. Samson's a good example. No one's going to gouge out my ears. No one's going to, uh, or my eyes, excuse me, gouge out my eyes. He's not, they're not going to lead us into a small place. You know, I think about our country and uh, you just, you know, how our enemies want to govern our ports or how they want to legislate. I think of the Supreme Court justice lady that just got um, nominated and um, she couldn't even answer the question about who is, a, you know, what is a woman? That is, uh, there's a good word for that. It's asinine, asinine. Another good word is absurd and tremendously sad that mm -hmm. that woman could not answer what a woman was because of fear that she would be canceled or lose her nomination or lose her. And I think we have to really understand that will we back down when the pressure's on by the grace of God? I hope not. Uh, are we going to be like Babel and just uh, try to do a try to do a great thing without God, and then God will confuse it. Babel's a good example of how our, how our world is today. It's, uh, it's just fragmented. It's delusional because God is not at the center. So you bring God to the center. You represent God. You and I are praying. You and I are continuing to reach out in soul winning and ministering. Don't stop doing what you're doing. It's not a small thing to share your faith. It's not a small thing to say a couple of words to people that you come in contact with. It's not a small thing that you're praying. That's a big thing. The believer is holding back judgment. Well, Abraham in Genesis 18, 
verse 16 through 33, he was praying for Sodom and Gomorrah. And this always shocks me that he was beseeching God for a city. He was beseeching God for a city and God would have spared Sodom and Gomorrah if uh, Abraham continued to pray, but he stopped praying. If there's 10 righteous, Lord, he stopped praying. Let's not stop praying. Let's Let's continue to seek the Lord because uh, you may be the only Bible people read. You may be the only Jesus people see. You may be the only church that people go to. We need, we need confidence. We need not to cast away our confidence. Well, do you know your right hand from your left? Do you know what is right and what is wrong? Do you know what is holy and what is profane? Do you know what is you and what is the cross life? Do we know these things? Well, God spared Nineveh. Even Jonah went kicking and screaming, but God loves people. God loves people. And that's amazing. In 1021 of Romans, his hand is out all day long, outstretched towards people. So as Isaiah for 40 years preached to Israel, knowing that if they didn't turn, they would go into bondage. And they did. And then Jeremiah was the weeping prophet to the nation that was in bondage. Well, I'd like to say that our nation uh, would not enter into bondage. Well, we are certainly in bondage in a lot of ways, emotionally, uh, spiritually. People have left their faith in a lot of ways. Or Christians, godly people are silent and the evil have, pref- uh, have are prevailing. I once thought that our nation wouldn't ever physically be in bondage. Well, I don't think that way anymore. I think it's quite easily possible with bad leadership, and bad laws, and overspending, and uh, uh, just the confusion and division and isolation and the suspicion, uh, the lack of leadership, and uh, Christians, again, just being uh, consumed with the affairs of this life and backing down and apologizing and kicking and attacking other believers and the church being under fire. It's like, it's like, whoa, 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 wait a minute here. We need to be on our knees asking God how to speak how to process information, how to step out in faith, how to organize our life that we are a witness, a righteous witness in these days. Never apologize for the Bible. Never condone um, an evil report that someone may be speaking about another believer. Like an omnipresent God is the one that knows the truth of the matter. Certainly we want to know the facts, but we lay them at the feet of Jesus. We are nobody's judge. And the corruption of the church and the corruption of society and the corruption of of government, the corruption is in our own heart. Are we surprised? Don't like it, but we're not surprised. But you and I, by the grace of God, let's not be led into bondage. Let's not the blind lead the blind. And guess what? They both fall into a pit. So what's my message today? Let's be praying. Let's be seeking the Lord. Let's be humble. Let's be quiet um, uh, in the sense of uh, the prudent 513 of Amos. They, they are silent in the day of evil in regards to answering the devil, but they are not silent in their faith. They're living their faith loud. 
Certainly we need wisdom, harmless as a dove in the sense of innocence, but we are wise as a serpent. A serpent has advantage. They're calculated. They're looking. They're premeditated. We, we must be this way on our in prayer. We must not back down. Otherwise, guess what? Our children will be in bondage physically. And I pray that doesn't happen. And as a father, and maybe you're a father today listening, it, it breaks my heart that my son may not grow up in a prosperous nation like we did. So we want to train them how to think. We want to train them how to have gratitude. We want to train them how to take care of things that that they have. Because there might not be a, a, a day where you can just go out and buy things so freely. It's interesting. It's interesting. Take a look at what's going on in Shanghai. I mean, I keep bringing that up because you've got people, millions of people, uh, controlled by the medical system, which constitutionally, obviously, they don't have a constitution, but we in our in our country, the Bill of Rights was thrown out the window during the pandemic uh, because our constitution never would give the authority to to have what happened. But we were like so afraid, you know, we were so afraid. And I, I've met people just like you that were, were orphaned by their churches and orphaned by their families and div division happened. We must not have this happen again. I just think, again, Shanghai, just thinking the starvation happening there, the, um, the camps, it, uh, kids being separated from their parents. This is absolutely evil. And uh, we think, oh, the pandemic's over. Well, I would say, you know, give it a little bit of time. There's going to be something else that will try to divide. And that's exactly what the devil wants. He wants to divide and conquer. So today, you may pay a price for your faith, but in eternity, you will have pleased God by not backing off, uh, putting, you know, putting up or backing up or shutting up. We want to speak the truth in love but have boldness in this day of judgment. We will not live in bondage. Christ paid the ultimate price so that you would not live in bondage. Bondage to sin, bondage to addiction, bondage to toxic people, bondage to um, submitting to a absurd government uh, laws. I mean, our country is really divided more than ever, but as Christians, we must not go quietly into the night. We must be creative, but we also must be intentional. So today, I just want to stir your hearts up today. Whoever's in front of you today, have a word for them, a righteous word. Who cares what they think or what man will do unto me? Do not fear their faces. I, Again, um, of course, we don't want to berate them. We don't want to condemn them. We certainly want to use wisdom and creativity and love and kindness. Absolutely. That's not what I'm, that's obvious. But the point is this, it's the inner struggle that we all face of insecurity and fear. Put that aside today because you're, you, your family, your town, your city, your country, is on its way to bondage if we don't stand up and minister the beautiful resurrection faith that God has so freely uh, paid everything 
so that we can live as free men and women. God bless you. Thanks, friends, for joining us for another episode of the Inner Revolution podcast. Please find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, and subscribe so that you don't miss an episode.